Hello, I'm Diana Green, the Bard of Hudson, and welcome to season two. More stories, more connections, more adventures. Happily divorced and parenting two amazing humans, I set out to discover why this life is worth living and what the heck I was meant to do with the time that was given to me. My hope is to remind you, inspire you, and connect with you here and in person. And to that end, please, please share, rate, and review wherever you're listening to the podcast and join my Patreon. You can find me at patreon.com slash Bard. In the end, human connection is all we have. Enjoy. Good morning. Hello, my friends. So happy to be here with you today. And we're going to delve into some letters that I wrote and sent or not sent today because I do that a lot. Like sometimes when I have to have a conversation with someone, I write it out. Do you ever do that? It's like a rehearsal, a difficult conversation. Writing it out sometimes helps me, first of all, to remember what I want to say. And it's not exactly a script, but it's a version of it. And then I get to read it over and edit it a little bit, you know, take out the places where I'm too angry or where the point I'm making is not really what I mean. And then either I send it as a letter or an email or I talk with somebody and use that as my jumping off point. Do you ever do that? Is it just me? (laughs) Oh, of course, I still have the added challenge of the kittens that I'm cat sitting who are walking all over the table that I'm working on. They do not have limits in terms of no walking on the table when people are eating. And I haven't been able to reteach them better manners. So that's that. So you might, I don't know, they might stop something in the middle. Ah, this is the challenges of podcasting in strange places. Okay, so we are in the fall of 2003. And I'm in the midst of this insane love affair, talking myself into stuff that I should never have done, you know, just rationalizing and making it okay when it really was not okay. So here is an unsent letter from September of 2003. In an impulse, I wanted to say, this feeling makes me want to be selfish. I felt this as a lighthearted joke at first, but then I thought about it more, and maybe I am being too selfish. Maybe the kindest thing would be to cut you loose and take myself out of the conflict. Would you resolve it to your satisfaction then, or would it leave you with a huge yearning? And yet there is a nagging voice inside me that says, it would be a terrible loss to give up this incredible passion without exploring its full depth. Expand that deadline idea. Take this relationship to its utmost limits for a set amount of time and then decide if it's okay to quit and cut the losses or if it's the relationship that we've waited a lifetime for and it's worth the sacrifices. Spend as much time as possible together. Go places, have dinners, talk about important things and feelings, and yes, make love. I imagine that it would be less painful to give up after giving all rather than walk away with regrets about all the things we might have done. In the worst case scenario, you'd be left with a friend who knows you deeply and loves you always. You know, looking back from my present day perspective, 
I can just see it all and how delusional I was. But my God, I guess longing and passion makes you that way. Another unsent letter from August 9th, 2003. So I waited till three o'clock today, hoping that would stretch out the, quote, morning, unquote, and give you more time to show up. But you didn't. I guess I should listen to all the things you say, not just the ones that give me hope. In which case, I can just stop waiting. Because you did tell me you wouldn't be able to be more communicative with me than you were in June. The trouble is, there's just a nagging little voice in my head that asks all the questions. Like, why is it so wonderful when we're together if it's not meant to be? How could we have discovered this whole beautiful possibility if it's so impossible? I know that the long-term possible outcomes of all of this are too scary for you in terms of your child, but I was hoping we could manage some short-term time together just to enjoy each other's company. I guess what I'm terrified of is letting go of something that I'll never find again in my life. That's why I give you mostly the good stuff when you come here or when you call, because I can't face the tough stuff and have you say, it's just too much pressure and that's it. I'm always okay, or fine, or at the most, sad. When in truth, I'm frustrated and heartsick and lonely and bereft and furious. I want the good stuff. I deserve it. You deserve it. It comes with you. So those are the letters that I did not send and that I really wanted to send, but the risk seemed too much. So when I finally did see him in person, we spent some time together and it was about two hours and that was a long period for us. So many things were said. He's still unable to lead a double life, although he is doing so just by being here with me. I said, you give it too much power. It's just one small extra step. You've already been discovered and you were able to say we didn't sleep together at that point. I continued, I'm sure I will continue to push you. Pushy broad, ain't I? My original offer is still on the table. I talked about how I hate regret. I mentioned that I was swept away like this once before and threw it away. I said that I was probably too young and scared then, but I'm old enough now. I said again that I didn't want him to leave her, not leave her for me. That wouldn't work. He'd have to do so for his own reasons if he decided to. And then we hugged and kissed, and I had him so close, my legs wrapped around him, breathing hard, almost dizzy, so achingly delicious, I wanted it so bad. I said, Johnny Depp is my latest fantasy next to you. Hey, that's a pretty good seat to share. He said, but I don't like to share. Me. Well, then I guess you have to become something more than just a fantasy. He. Touché. Me. I guess I'll have to push you around a bit more. He. Why not? My resolve is not that strong anymore. Well, it was pretty strong the other night. I told him I'd be out of town for most of the next two weeks, and his voice sounded sad and wistful. Maybe it's good for him to miss me. I hope resolution comes soon. There could be such positive possibilities. 
It was eight months into this relationship, and we had still not slept together. We got so very close so many times, and I was feeling the lack of physical satisfaction, however it came. So, those two weeks away, I went to our beach home in Block Island, and if you hadn't heard me talk about it yet, it was a, just a magical, wonderful place on the cliff on Dory's Cove Road in Block Island, and it overlooked the water, and we saw the sunsets at night from this little cute porch that was at the top of the house, and it was a great place to just go and live simply and go to the beach and cook together. My family loved it, and we always took friends with us. So we were off to there for two weeks, and while I was there, a friend from long ago, when I was just a kid and he was an older brother of a friend, he came by one night because he was on the island working as a freelance contractor and also a fisherman. And he came by and said hello and greeted us all and said, oh, oh, it's so nice you guys are here. We should hang out. And then he took us all fishing on his boat and Dakota caught a big bass and that was really fun. And then at night he came over and we had wine and we, pardon my vulgarity, but we fucked in the most animal way. It was insane. It was outside and was up against the side of his van. It was crazy. So I wrote in my diary on the 15th of August. So what is it about animal attraction? I have been pondering that all morning through my margarita fog. I got fucked last night by a pirate. I won't say and good necessarily because I was too drunk and so was he. And it was generally messy and feverish, but it was fun the first time was in the yard up against the van while everyone was awake and inside playing pool. That was crazy. But I am sometimes excited by that element of possible discovery, so it fed into every fantasy I ever had. And it was like a bizarre fantasy in another way, pure sex for no other reason. I'm not really attracted to him in most ways. I just needed that release. And I loved it that he was so hot for me. What an ego trip. The second time was after everyone had gone to bed and I had to keep him quiet and keep myself quiet. But it just felt so good to have somebody's mouth all over me. It has been too long. He said he'd see me in New York. Hmm, that could be trouble. But maybe if we can establish the parameters, he could be just the fuck buddy I am looking for. Let's see how my lover feels about sharing me now. Ha! Talk about a double life. Sweet, patient, pushy, broad lover on one side, and crazed, give me more erotica queen on the other side. That will help me be patient, but would I have to confess at some point? Maybe that's where I went wrong the last time, was in letting it get out that I was doing more than one. I'm putting my cards before the horse, as my young friend is fond of saying. I guess I should just wait and see what actually comes of all this. Simon called me while we were on the ferry on the way home. I could hear it in his voice that he was trying to imagine where I was and what I was doing. Funny that I get to see him so little, and yet this relationship seems so deep to me in some ways. 
I know his voice so well. I know its changes and nuances. I can feel his pain and his delight. He said he wanted to see me at the first possible opportunity. I am trying to stem my cynical reaction here. See, this is what I don't want to happen. He said he has things to tell me. So cryptic. For now, I am going to enjoy my time in Shakespeare country while I wait to see what the next week brings. I was supposed to come up here on Monday for a four-day workshop, but it got canceled at the last minute. That was very disappointing. But we saw some great stuff at Shakespeare and Company yesterday. We saw the complete works of William Shakespeare abridged. It was hysterical. And then we saw Much Ado About Nothing, which was delightful. It was a good duo and a long day of theater. The kids were rolling in laughter for the complete works, and Much Ado was charming. My friend Daniela had directed it, and I was really proud to see that she had done some really great work. Generally, we had a wonderful time, and it was a great distraction. With that one act of physical gratification, at least I felt like I could get back to my real self in some way, maybe have that as a side thing while I tried to see if this love affair was really something I would get to hold on to for the long run. But I didn't know. And so much of it was beyond my control. But that one act also put us in big danger. And I'll tell you more about that with the next episode. Oh, okay. I'll see you then. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Please reach out with your thoughts and your comments. You can find me on Instagram at Diana the Bard or Facebook at Diana Green or on my website, bardofhudson.com, where you can listen to the podcast directly from there or leave comments. I would love to hear from you. And please check out my Patreon page for photos and videos and extra goodies that I don't share anywhere else. And wherever you're listening, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. It makes a huge difference and it helps other people to find the show. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye.